0: Ecolution. Hi, guys. Happy New Year and welcome back to Ecolution. We took a break for a few weeks but are back for 2020. We're starting into a new decade, one where the actions we take and the ways we react to the changes we see will seriously change the future. Over the weeks we were off, fires raged across Australia. It's hard to think about. The scale is scary, and it seems people are almost avoiding it because it is so big. An area almost the size of Ireland has been burned already, and it's continuing to rage. Think about all the wildlife and humans this is affecting. This is an immediate impact of climate change. We're not in the habit of scaring listeners as much as we can, but one thing that's clear is the climate has changed. In Australia, temperatures have steadily risen. Intense heat leads to a drier environment, which means that when fires start, they have more fuel and burn longer. It would be amazing if the world responded to this as a wake up call, an actual example of what Greta Thunberg has spoken about. It is reason for us to act and shout that we need action from those above us. Okay, I kind of had to start with that, even though it's not the topic for today. And what is the topic? Plastics. We've spoken about it often, but it's high time we went a bit more in depth. But with who?
1: Hi, I'm Phil Smith, and I'm the National Coordinator of Plastic at Science Gallery Dublin, which is based in Trinity College. And along with Science Foundation Ireland, we've created a project called Plastic, which we're going to talk to you about.
0: Plastic is not always bad. It's currently made from petrochemicals, oils taken from the ground, which is something we need to do less. Today, what
1: we've got at our project on plastic is about Plastic in all its different types of forms because often when people think about plastic, they think of just one thing, like a plastic spoon or something like the material being one thing. But plastic is like 1500 different types of materials so there's lots of different elements of plastics in the way we re- react to this uh, and the way we engage with it and so what we wanted to do in our first part of the gallery was a material space from like those plastic forks the the film 35 millimeter to nappies with the sodium polyacrylate that used to be inside it to to tires that often people think are just Rubber, but they're Teflon as well, potentially sometimes. So, plastic isn't a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing that can do lots of different things. We can't live with it in terms of we keep throwing it into our oceans and wrecking the place, but we can't live without it in terms of like our sterilizing blood containers for hospitals or um, other medical procedures or how we look actually packaging food. So it's really about um, the relationship with you have and, and how we can look at either alternatives for the single use nature, but building really robust stuff that can last for generations that has less of an impact on the planet than something out of metal might.
0: But if we make proper use of it and build things that have a long life, that's making better use.
1: Take that hairdryer that's on the shelf, for example, like that's one that my mom and dad had in the 70s when they got their first house together and that's still at home in a drawer somewhere and it still works so i think that that will work but also it's 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 the upcycling and the the recycling but also the giving away to something else particularly in the fashion industry we consume a lot like the latest trends or the latest things that we want to do or we want to wear or to be seen with so a lot of the stuff that's plastic because it's such a wonderful material to mold and create you can create things very very quickly and rapidly these type of things are they're really interesting because there's funky stuff that i used to play with the kids that i'm hoping going to give to my kids later on so it's sometimes it's just holding on to stuff. As a science gallery, we're looking at how things are engineered as well and how they're built. And sometimes things are built in a plastic centre, built to be flimsy because they're own single use. But if you engineer something structurally that's sound and with layers and use that kind of scientific process, you can really build things that last and have an impact positively on the world.
0: Plastic seems like such a solid name that we think of it as one thing. Looking at the shelf of plastic objects in the science gallery, though you start to see the variety. There are actually thousands of different kinds of plastic, all of which do a different job.
1: One of the really interesting ones I've found about is a Heinz ketchup bottle, or a ketchup bottle of an unknown brand which has about 16 different layers of plastic in it to do different jobs. And one of the reasons that it can't be recycled easily or at all is there is a layer that needs to protect it from the acidity of the tomato. There is a layer that needs to protect it from the UV light. There is a layer that does another job and another job and another job. So there's actually layer upon layer upon layer of all these different types of plastic, even one that makes it look better like a clearer varnished plastic on it of senses. So even though there are different plastic that do Different jobs some of them are so specific that they have to be layered together because it's a polymer which is like a repeated chain a poly is like a parrot you have poly parrot and a parrot repeats what you says a polymer is something a chemical that is repeated in a long chain so they're very robust very sturdy and um, easily to, to replicate but one of the things is that they're very specific to the jobs that they can do
0: one of the problems with us generating so much plastic waste is that we don't have ways to recycle it all
1: easily one of the biggest issues is what's recyclable within Ireland. Like, previously we used to ship all this stuff off to, to China or somewhere else and they're not taking it anymore because there's so much. So with all the different types of plastic, you also need different types of processes to recycle them. That's one of the biggest challenges of the infrastructure to be able to do that.
0: So I guess if we can't recycle it, we'd better work out a way we can reuse it. Thomas Hugeworf, an artist from the Netherlands, built an amazing bike or actually a trike out of waste plastics.
1: Taking all the bits like tubs of like yoghurt or plastic potted plants or anything like that, melting it down and putting it together into sheets. So it kind of you melt them together, get them into sheets and then you cut those sheets to shape to start making things. And what Thomas has made is a bike. So if you come into the Science Gallery you'll be able to see this bike and you can almost pick out the little individual yoghurt pots that you might have used, That there's a Muller Light or whatever else there's, it's there beside you. And the wonderful thing about this is, for me, is accessibility. Because the bike is the most environmentally friendly mode of transport that we have apart from walking but it's also the most accessible in terms of affordability generally it's it's easier to afford a bike than any other mode of transport in the world
0: giving it a third wheel also improves accessibility it can be used by people with mixed abilities and also be a lot more sturdy for transporting things
1: And the thing about this bike is that it's open source, which means that anybody in the world can download this, you can download it in a library, and you could cut these sheets out relatively fairly cost-effectively. And for someone in the third world or a poor part of anywhere in the world, in Ireland or anybody else, you could make this yourself. So it's a real better like of making the world a better place and sharing it around the place.
0: We've all been out on beach cleans and found bags full of plastic. Plastic that's been abandoned as having no further use. But that's not the case.
1: So this next piece is called Seafloor. It's actually made by students who are still in their undergraduate phase uh, in Ireland. And what they've done is they did beach cle- uh, cleans in Killiney Beach. They took all the plastic, then mixed it with sand from Killiney Beach and made these floor tiles from it. And what's really interesting with this is they've taken something that we had no value associated with, beach clean plastic, to create something beautiful that now has a great value.
0: Suspended from the ceiling opposite is a really interesting-looking net.
1: So this next piece, it looks like a fishing net. If you want to put your hands up and touch it, you can kind of feel it around. And afterwards, you, you touch it, realise, and I tell you that it's, it's made from human hair.
0: Oh, thanks for the warning, Phil. Ugh.
1: And that grosses people out a lot, because you're like, ah, oh, i just
0: touched this. In our water episode, we spoke about the good things Board Ishikawara were attempting to do in their Fishing for Plastics campaign. But the plastics involved with fishing are still a problem.
1: So 50% of the plastic in our oceans comes from fishing, whether it's fishing nets or the byproducts of it. Um, and when you have something that is causing so much damage in our oceans, let's see if we have other options to it. And one of our actual options is human hair. We have something that we throw away. Everybody gets their hair cut, the hair goes on the floor, someone sweeps and it gets thrown away. Millions and millions of tons of, of hair every year. Um, and the artist that's Im- involved in this has basically taken off cuts from wigs in Italy um, or, or cuts from the floor of, of, of barber shops and, and hairdressers and has weaved and created human hair strands or thread that can be weaved and made into anything. Like you can make jumpers from this. You can, we make key rings here. And there's actually uh, workshops that we do on it.
0: Busy knitting most complete vest of human hair for mum's birthday
1: where you can take your own human hair keyring home with you if you want but really what I'm really interested in is showing how something that we think has no value something we throw away like the way we throw away a lot of plastic every year so what value is in the plastic that we have that we throw away could we make tiles like we do at C4. Could we make even other nets or could we make something else or have something that, like, there's a bottle that gets melted down or repurposed or everything that we have comes into a circular economy. So we're not making new stuff all the time and then we're having less of an impact because we never have to throw away something. We're always just putting stuff back in the pile to build it back up again. It's like Lego. If you build something with Lego, you can bake it down into its little bits and then build something up again. And that's really what we're trying to show with this piece here.
0: Nets made of human hair might seem like a stretch, but it seems we need to think about the impact of all plastic in our oceans.
1: Obviously, if you have, you've invested a lot of money in, in a net, you don't want it to, to go off anywhere. You want it to last. And that's why things like nets are built out of such durable things that last for a long time and are able to, to deal with things like the salty ocean. Things break. Um, but unfortunately, once they break off or strands break off, like you're dealing with microplastics in the ocean as well, and that's what the fish are eating, and ultimately what we're eating in the end. So there was a study out this year that was saying that every person in Ireland is eating about a credit card's worth of plastic a week.
0: Mm, credit cards, delicious. Plastics are usually made in factories using huge volumes of ingredients, and machinery, and power. But bioplastics don't need to be so intensive in how they're made. In our Christmas episode, we heard about the dad in Holland who made his own homemade Lego from waste, and artists are getting in on the act too.
1: This piece is called Degrading by uh, Michelle McBride, an Irish artist. She has made biodegradable plastic in her own kitchen. It's made in 2017, so it's lasted about two years now. And over time, this is gradually degrading. But this is made from a few oil that she had in her kitchen, like frying oil that she would have been using. So it's really kind of interesting to think that, geez, you could make plastic at home yourself.
0: Would you want to try it? I know I would. If you'd like to do this, ensure you do it with an adult or suggest it as a family thing to do. You have to use the hob on your cooker and heat things in a pot, so only do it with adult supervision. The ingredients are mostly things you have in your house. Like Phil said, you need water, cornstarch, vinegar and glycerin. The last one sounds odd, but you can get it in any chemist, and it can be added to washing up liquid and water to make a cool bubble mixture too. To make a small amount of bioplastic. You mix one tablespoon each of starch, vinegar, and glycerin with four tablespoons of water in a pot. This has to be put on medium heat and stirred with a whisk. Again, only do this with the responsible adult. Keep stirring. After a few minutes, it will get thicker. Now, use a wooden spoon in the place of the whisk and stir more. More. After about 10 minutes, you have a sticky, glassy substance. The hot bioplastic is really sticky, so don't burn yourself with it and please only try it in the presence of an adult. Have your adults spread this out on a non-stick baking tray and leave it for 24 hours. Plastic needs patience. You're left with a stretchy, gloopy piece of rubbery plastic, but one that can and will biodegrade naturally. You can use it to sew into a wallet or anything else you'd like to try. We'll put a link to a video that shows you how this works on the RTE Junior Facebook page. Let us know how you got on.
1: So it's about exploring What ways plastic biodegrades, what ways we can manufacture it, either on a personal and an industrial level, but then just exploring those options together and seeing, you know, what's possible.
0: Another exhibit changed the shape of things made from plastic. The artist Megan Valanidis found out about bacteria that speeds up the breakdown of plastic. She discovered they like to cluster in small crevices, so she made a drinks cup that was bumpy and gave them a home, speeding up the time they biodegrade in. But there's a danger that we think everything that breaks down is okay. We also have to think about how long it takes. Is a compostable cup fine because it says so on the label?
1: Although you have compostable cups within lots of coffee places or anything else, they are still single use. You will use it once and then you will put it in the composting bill. If you go right out onto the street outside, you will find three or four cafes that are selling compostable cups. But along that street, there are no compostable bins. So if you are out... Your, your rubbish still goes into the same place. And it's also the amount of time that it takes for these things to decompose. So if you've got a, a composting pile in your backyard and you put these cups in there, they're gonna last a long time. Just because something says that it's compostable doesn't necessarily mean that it's compostable in a time frame that actually makes it relevant and not, in essence, be still single-use.
0: One cool audio piece at the exhibition asks you to look around you. Open your eyes and see all the things made of plastic in your life. I'm here in a studio and the stand that holds this microphone is made of it. The desk it's plugged into, the computer we record onto, there's a plastic family tree in the exhibition that shows you all the types we use too. We need to see plastic and all the ways we use it so we can be more aware of what has a long life purpose and what we can do without. Six black and white security cameras monitoring the It is not certain
1: that all the cameras are made from plastic and some are too high up for us to check.
0: What we've seen so far highlights so many positive things. Ways in which creative people are trying to come up with solutions to the problem of too much plastic. But it doesn't forget that we really do have too much. I've mentioned it before, but it's thought that if we continue using plastic in the same way, we'll have generated and wasted the same amount of plastic between now and 2025 than in the whole of the 20th century combined. Which would lead to a lot more problems and create a future we want to avoid.
1: So, having come from downstairs you 're brought upstairs to what we want to call our uh, our dystopian side of plastic, and what this space is is basically a border control and you are interviewed by one of our technicians, our, our border control police, to see if you should be allowed in to go through and continue on this plastic journey. so we have a form for you to to check out and you 'll see on this it 'll ask you questions like, "Do you have any plastic in your pockets and you will Look around to see if there's there. Do you have any plastic paraphernalia in your bag if you have one? And you will look. But then it asks you questions kind of going, do you have any plastic in you? Because you, we are consuming a plastic car- credit card size worth every week. Have you drunk from a plastic bottle? Have you heated a Teflon-coated utensil above 300 degrees in the last three... Po- like, I've fried an egg. Yes, I have fried an egg. So, like, I've chewed chewing gum, or even chewing gum is a type of plastic. So you're looking at all of these different things, and the idea of this is to so not freak you out, although it will make you feel a little bit uncomfortable because it's like you're going to passport control, and even though you have nothing to hide, you're still a little bit... Hello. Hello, officer. How are you? So the idea of this is to feel uncomfortable but also to think about in the future will people be smuggling plastic because we don't make it anymore and will it be so valuable like the way we smuggle diamonds now some people do. Like is that a real challenge that we need to, to think about?
0: A project like this makes people think about their own plastic use. And the gallery had to take heat,
1: if we have a cafe downstairs or we 're selling like we shouldn't be selling plastic bottles, so we 've stopped doing that it 's really kind of looking to try and see what else happens within the gallery as a whole, like when our pieces come in and they 're wrapped in cling film well or bubble wrap let 's reuse that or let's find biodegradable options and One of the things that we did is that as part of the exhibition, Robbie Collins, who, who worked with us a good bit in one of the artists here within Science gallery, has. Put sensors in all of the bins. So there's an R piece here that when you drop something in the compostable bin and when you drop something in the recycling bin or the other bin it will filter down you'll see it on the screen beside us you will see it accumulate over the course of the day which has has the most input into the bin it's something very simple but it helps you visualize exactly you know what's going in because sometimes when we put something into the bin we forget about it we don't think about it anymore and that's something that we really need to focus on
0: the walls show artwork that is really interesting and also quite alarming Enormous photographs of a composting facility in Navan showed the huge volumes of waste we make, which is so riddled with plastic that compost has to be cleaned. An interactive piece called Shaded Sea lets you see an ocean filled with plastic. You can move the floating pieces around with your hands. And this is the point.
1: Not only are we swimming through a sea of plastic, it's up to us to say that physical momentum and put your hand up in front of your face and say, no, I don't want this plastic. As a consumer, and a lot of... The responsibility is being shifted onto the consumer unfairly sometimes but it is there is our responsibility with the consumer to not only reduce recycle and reuse but to refuse to say no I'm not going to accept that my bananas are in plastic I'm not going to accept that things that don't need plastic have plastic because we are the consumers so it's up to us to really lead that and that's what this shaded sea piece shows us how to do
0: a perspex frame to one side looks like a huge black rectangle It's actually crude oil, the raw material of most plastic, suspended between two sheets of glass.
1: But it's just quite striking, actually, how dark the material is as well. You almost feel like you could be sucked into it like a void. And in essence, that kind of speaks to what's happening with our plastic. Maybe we're being just sucked into a void of just being surrounded by this black, sticky, messy stuff.
0: But there has to be a way to change people's attitude towards single-use
1: plastics. Our final piece in uh, our dystopian area at the Plastic Project at Science Gallery uh, in Dublin is the people's plastic. And what the people's plastic is, is a reflection on labelling within plastic and what you'll see is here you'll see four layers of plastic bottles like you would do in most shops but what's different here is how they're 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 labeled and similarly to the way that cigarettes have been labeled where you have the the pictures and those really stark horrible pictures and and warnings that go on them is to see that if we put those pictures in terms of what plastic does, would that have a similar impact? So that's what the artist has done here is that you have those horrible pictures of turtles with plastic or our oceans being wrecked or having seals with plastic wrapped around their necks. And to see if it really has an impact on people when they see that, you know, 60 to 90 percent of our plastic is going into the, the ocean. Or like, what, what is it actually that has this compelling factor to is It's not like this plastic dystopian image is is something new to us. In fact, often it's all we hear about plastic, and we're trying to create a a more fair, unbiased picture here in Science Gallery, but what's happening now, if we continue going the way we are, we're going to end up in this dystopian future. So with a piece like this, it makes you ask the question, like, is there a way that we can influence people? Like, what could we do? What could you do? If you think of something that could actually change how people think and act with the plastic that we have, what would you do?
0: And this story has to have a positive ending, right? We need it to. And Phil knows this. Plastic really can have positive uses.
1: From a design point of view, there's lots of amazing things you can do with plastic that you just can't do with other materials. And the speed at which you can make these cool things is also part of that design process. That Not only you could say, think of like how long it t- takes to carve a chair, a wooden chair, but to make a thousand of them, so everybody can have them, takes a long, long, long time. To make and design something similar from plastic and something as cool, you could do it much, much quicker. So like I said, accessibility is a major part of what we're trying to do in terms of the the wonderfulness of, of plastic, and that comes from 3D printing a lot of the time. One of the projects that's happening at Trinity College is Med3DP. And Med3DP is a library of medical devices. And what you can do with that is they've mapped and kind of scanned and you know, got the plans for all of these medical devices and openly shared them in this library. So no matter where you are in the world, if you've got an internet connection and a 3D printer, you can make these devices. So if you need to get a a stethoscope to clip around your ears, or if you need to get an inhaler and put an inhaler module into the canister sits into, or even practical things like you need a lid for your plastic bottle that you can put your used needles into so they're no longer a danger to someone else, you have access to them. So instead of someone having to pay lots and lots of money for the, you know, metal or... You know, cast or even better made I suppose in some ways products you can get these things freely easily downloadable to your desktop, to your printer and make them in a much more cost effective way this is something that's wonderful because you're providing tools to people that can actually really make a difference in their lives.
0: The exhibition is amazing and well worth a visit but it's not going to be confined to
1: Dublin. So Plastic is going to run in the Science Gallery until the 9th of February so if you want to come in and visit us we have mediators here every day to help you guide through the through the exhibition after that we're going on tour like a proper rock scientist band we're going to wexford Drogheda, limerick galway and donegal all through 2020 we're starting in wexford on the 28th of february we're in each venue for about 10 weeks prior to an exhibition opening in each of those spaces we're going to go down with an artist and the local community gets together and says what their relationship with this plastic is what their relationship with their local area is and what they'd like to create in an art piece that represents them so then that artist will create that art piece and it will be exhibited alongside all of these wonderful pieces as well so it's it's really to create something that is relevant to the area that we're in so it really gives us a wonderful opportunity to travel around the country with the support of Science Foundation Ireland and the EPA and to showcase all the fantastic things that are happening in plastic in Ireland.
0: Having seen everything, the pros and cons of plastic, your head can be left spinning, but in a really interesting way.
1: And and that's ultimately what we're trying to do with this whole exhibition, is to not tell people what to think about plastic. We presented what it is, what potentially a future one way could be, what potential a future could be another way. And plastic, like I said, when we presented within here is... It has the potential to be wonderful, it has the potential to be catastrophic. And like any technology, like nuclear technology, like I, as a physicist, really get behind nuclear technology. I think it's the the, the bee's knees, I think it's what we should all be using. However, it also has catastrophic impacts if it's not managed or put in the right locations with all the right safeguards. At the way things are going, I think we, it's going to get much worse until it gets much better in terms of erosion just by the volumes. Like That's not going to stop instantaneously. In a classic politician's line, I think we've made some progress and there's a lot more to do. Sadly, we need to really upskill and uppace and, and really increase the level of progress as opposed to the letter of rhetoric that comes around talking about doing about plastic. But it's just really to get people thinking about their own relationship, what they can do with it and what it actually means to say something's plastic.
0: Thanks to Phil and everyone at the Science Gallery. Check out their website for more on their tour and try catch it when it's in your area. The better informed we are, the better armed we are to help combat climate change. It's a new year, why not have a new year's resolution? use less plastic or just cut down on some of the stuff we use, generate less waste, and, you know, it will make a change. We've all seen in the previous episodes how much waste we generate affects so much in our world. If you have a smartphone or a tablet that you can use, you can download apps to help you make this change, such as My Waste or My Little Plastic Footprint. Give it a go and let us know how you get on. It's good to be back. I hope Santa was good to all of you. Me, I had my traditional eCollution experience, sprouts, a short lecture to some older relatives on why they should fly less, followed by a long, hard stare into space. Happy New Year from eCollution.
1: ECollution was produced by Nikki Coughlin for RTE Junior Radio.
0: Most of the material recorded for this podcast was gathered on a bike.